0: Again, everyone, welcome to The Chatter. This is FM 98.3 KCRD, and I'm Tom Ogilisby. I'm
1: Colleen Pasnick. And I'm Janet Wagner.
0: Who's smiling in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O O most most gracious Virgin Virgin Mary,
1: Mary, that that never was it it known that anyone who fled to thy thy
2: protection, implored implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly fly unto thee. O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to, to thee I come, come before thee I stand, sinful and
1: sorrowful. O Mother of the Lord Word incarnate, despise not my petitions,
0: but in thy mercy. mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 So this is the feast of an um, old saint, Lucy. This is first century, right?
1: She is yes, old old early, we should say early, not old. Early church saint and I always thought what a cool saint. You know, she's he- holding her eyeballs on a platter. <laughs> okay, it's kind of
0: gross, but how cool is that? So what's the story?
1: So the story is that uh, you know, she didn't want to marry uh a pagan. Um
0: but well, who they- does?
1: Well, who does? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they attempted to force her to do it, and uh, the guards couldn't even move her after hitching her to a team of oxen. Mm -hmm. Another cool part of the St. Lucie story.
2: That's quite a miracle. I mean, just think about that. They'd be so furious trying to move her. I mean, can you imagine?
0: And uh, so how did her eyeballs come out? That was part of a torture, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So when uh, the ox couldn't move her, and when the bundles of wood went light on fire to burn her, uh, the governor ordered the guards to gouge out her eyes.
0: So she's the patron of sight Blinded. and blindness. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: blindness, patron of blindness.
0: Virgin and martyr.
1: Virgin and martyr.
0: And Janet, she's listed in the Roman canon, isn't she?
2: She is. Yes, yes.
0: Lucy, Agatha. Cecilia,
1: And, you know, she's mentioned right next to Agatha, and Agatha appeared to her in a dream. So it's kind of cool that they're listed next to one another in the canon. She was actually
2: praying to Agatha when she was, um, I thought that was so neat, praying to Agatha, and Agatha appeared to her. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, we love our saints. This is episode 21, and we're recording this on Lucy's feast day. Lucy meaning light. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, because in Sweden, don't they, like, put candles on their hair? Or their head. I think that's yeah, a St. Right. Lucie custom. A, a,
0: a wreath of yes. candles on your hair.
1: Oh, my gosh. One more reason to love St. Lucie. I think we should do that right now.
0: Well, it's a lot of the uh, Celtic tradition up there, which is why so many have burnt red hair. <laughs>
2: is that I'm, where that comes from? I'm glad yeah. you said that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Come here, and I'll blow you
0: up. <laughs> All right, so we, we're on the... Uh, the 13th, and we've got headlines, Janet. What's uh, perked your eyes this week? What what a week for news.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of news out there, a lot of stuff going on. So three of my headlines involve Pope Francis, and we all know that he traveled to Greece. And when he was at Greece on entering um, for the ecumenical meeting that they were going to be involved in, there was a Greek Orthodox monk, an older monk, um, who yelled out... Um, Papa Francis, you're a heretic, you're a heretic. And and one of the things that was interesting about that is it wasn't like he was name-calling. It was like, I, I read this in yeah, one of the headlines, accusatory. that he was pleading. He was pleading for pa- Papa, Pope Francis to amend his ways and, and change and realize what he's doing. Mm. So I thought that was interesting.
0: This wasn't the same monk that <sighs> cried out, let's go, Brandon. I don't no, think so. No, Different guy. Different guy.
2: Different order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Um, also with Pope Francis was the his approval of the New Ways Ministry um, organization that promotes the LGBT agenda and, and against Catholic Church teaching. There was two letters that came out. So that was one.
0: Makes you wonder.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is something that both... John Paul II condemned, and also um, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, he said this is just doctrinally unacceptable.
1: Right, and I think a lot of the problem was uh, they are not calling people who are same-sex attracted to chastity. I think New Ways Ministries is condoning the behavior and calling for it to be accepted and included um, and I think that was the, the problem because you know the, exactly the problem. The other um, apostolate in the church that ministers to those who are attracted to the same sex is courage, right? And they are a wonderful apostolate, but they encourage encourage uh, their members to be chaste, to live lives of purity, right, to have wholesome, Relationships with both same sex and opposite sex. Right, as we all should. We all
0: are all. Newsflash, we're all called to chastity. Exactly. Exactly. And to purity. Exactly.
2: But one of the things that's so disturbing about Pope Francis' endorsement and support of New Ways Ministry is the scandal that it's causing um, for younger people, I think of middle school age people right now who are really caught up in this trend of, should am I a man, or am I a boy or a girl, or what gender am I? There are only two people, remember that, there's two genders. And the other thing is, um, teens and college age students and parents who are trying to deal with these challenges that their children might bring to them, you know, this kind of support doesn't support that parent when you don't promote the true that's, of that's the a very
0: uh, valid point you make, Janet. I think the other item here is is, is uh, there is so much misinformation coming out. When you see the first headline from one news source, you don't know. You're looking for other sources and angles and statements because, quite frankly, the statement is beyond belief.
1: It is beyond belief. And and also, besides being beyond belief, you're, you're kind of right, Tom. You, you need to look for other headlines and other stories because who trusts the media anymore? You know, Even some of the Catholic media, you, you have to keep looking around and around and, and you get a different slant on the story everywhere you look. So you really do need to read uh, from a variety of sources and not just bank everything on one article that you read. And to well,
0: Janet's point, not to cut you off there, but to your point, by the time you check all these sources, it's seven or ten days. The damage is done. The yeah. scandal's been inflicted. Yeah. And I cut you off.
2: No, I was just going to say, and and again, it's evil, quite frankly, if I call it out for what it is. If there's scandal involved against church teaching like this is, it's evil because it plays on people's emotions. Everybody wants to participate in love and in being loved sure but this is a hijacking of what true love is yes and it and it plays on those emotions um and there's a lot of hurting people out there and one of the things that it does is it it it, you know it's some of the priests or those who minister to these types of individuals who struggle with same-sex attraction or what sex they are or whatever whatever issue there is there's a false compassion Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they're not loving them enough to say, well, here's what the church teaching is. How can I walk with you? To me, that's getting the smell of the sheep on you. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway,
1: you're right. It is to say clearly what the church teaching is. Like you said, Tom, we're all called to chastity. So whether you're attracted to same sex, opposite sex, we're all called to chastity. The only legitimate space for uh, any intimacy is within a marriage. Correct. Correct. And if it's not within a marriage, then it's not God's plan.
0: Ikshne on the marriage nay.
2: Well, yes. and and to go a little bit farther with that, every time the marital act takes place, whether it's in the marriage or outside of the marriage, openness to life needs to be there. And I, and I say that because if you're two high school or college age people who are in a relationship and you're dismissing the seriousness of um, premarital sex, we know in a lot of cases children will come from um, those circumstances, and it's serious. It's very serious. And we we have to get back to being a chaste nation, being chaste individuals, and calling each other out on some of these things. That's chaste
1: as in... Chastity, Not chaste as in run after somebody. <laughs> run down the street. <laughs> Different kind of chaste.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the point's well taken. Uh, you know, the uh, this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, but the successful outcome of sexual intercourse is a baby. And that's the purpose of the marital act
2: yes. between
0: husband and wife. It should be reserved there. It wasn't too many years ago that that was commonplace, but the last... Uh, 50, 60, 70 years have been a dumpster fire, and Satan's pouring gasoline on it. So uh,
1: Yeah, and you know, the other thing is this, is, this teaching cannot change. So, if you know what the church teaches on same-sex beha- um, behavior, uh, that's not going to change. So if you see a headline, in a way, in a way, you don't need to look for all the other stories. You know what the truth is. Right. The, that type of behavior between two people of the same sex is not God's plan, pure and simple, um, and that can never change. So you don't need to think, well, maybe the church changed that now too. No, no. that's no. never going to change.
0: If you want to know if it changed, call us five six three two three one three five four five. We'll le- let you know. What else, What other headlines you got here?
2: Well, and the third one on Pope Francis was. Um, we're still in the early stages. Yet. Well, you're
0: all over Francis. This I
2: week. am. I am. We gotta keep praying for our, our Pope. But um, a key witness claims that Francis concealed extortion involving Peter's Pence funds. This is the um, fund that is uh, everyone donates to. It's the fund that uh, supported the movie uh, Rocket Man. It was also, you know, the the issue is is hi Bernie. Not only the issue with a movie that goes against church teaching, but also the land deal, the land and property deal in London.
0: Well, the, the first shoe hasn't dropped yet, let alone the second shoe on this here, and you're going to hear uh, this to no end. There's headlines coming out of Czechoslovakia and Hungary with real estate over there, not to mention London, and. Um, Top Vatican officials are being or will be deposed on this because it's a it's a follow the money and this is big.
2: It is big. It's I think we're just
0: Peter's Pence is going to look like a pauper by the time this is done. Isn't you can say that Peter Piper's Pence pauper. (laughs)
2: She sells seashells by (laughs)
1: the. Isn't Peter's Pence one of those options that you have about once a year? You get an envelope and you can check. Which one you want? It's about
0: this time of the year, isn't it? I couldn't
1: remember when it was, but I remember Peter's Pence is. There's like four options right. of charities: oh, the Holy
0: Land, Peter's Pence, yeah. uh, the missions.
1: Yeah, but, yes. but so that was Peter's Pence's, That's when it comes up, Real right? That's about in the London, only time I think of I mean, Peter's Pence is that one time a year where you check the box. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it, it, there's some some issues between some of the leadership too, between the Secretary of State with the Vatican, Pope Francis, some of the other cardinals who are involved in that, even our. Um, the cardinal that was in Australia, Uh, Pell. Well, here's what you're going to
0: find out with this. I mean, this is uncorroborated, but the early news with what Pell knew, and he knows more than he's talking about, which is why he was exiled in Australia and on death row or life sentence or whatever. He he, he appealed three times, (laughs) finally, to the Supreme Court of uh, Australia. But here's what you're going to find, is that the Peter's Pence. The Vatican Bank, the real estate holdings—all of this is a money laundering machine.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh! I, th- I think it's
0: coming in dirty as you can imagine.
2: Dirty and dirty out.
0: And it's being—it's being moved, it's being shuffled, and each time it gets moved and shuffled, somebody skims a bit. A lot of guys are making money on it, and um, it was in place. For many years, because um, sure. Pell Pell was what what year was he head of the Pell called in one of the big six uh, accounting firms, and they were shown the door. Forty eight hours later, they walked away from this.
1: And that was still when Benedict was pope, right?
0: I think this goes so it back be- to JP.
1: It, and it well, very I mean, well it's been, could.
2: it goes back, um, you know, on some level forever. But um, where it did hit was with. Uh, with Benedict the Sixteenth, because they were trying to tie all the sex abuse issues sure. to to him with some of this stuff.
1: You know, maybe something will happen with it because Pell, you know, he was kind of on the trail, and then he gets called back to Australia for a sham accusation, spends time in jail, like you said. But who else was kind of nosing around and on the trail? Our friend Vigano.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: remember he was in there and then oh, nope nope we got to make him the and he's smart nincio. enough
0: not to go to australia right,
1: right. and so uh, there's those are a couple high profile people that were on the trail maybe something will happen, and it needs to happen it needs to be cleaned out for right. sure yeah definitely so maybe those are two high profile people
2: yeah so that concludes my theme of pope francis headlines um Cardinal Burke, some good news again. I know we talked about him last week, but he had his first public mass on Saturday.
0: Which was the, the uh, Feast of uh, Juan Diego, otherwise known as John Jimmy.
1: <laughs> I guess that would be the... <laughs> okay, it doesn't sound Lady as good Gu-
0: when you Guadalupe. say John Jimmy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't.
2: But um, I, I listened to his homily. I, I wanted to go, but we had a little weather issue here.
0: Yeah, again.
2: But uh, he he really, he took five or six minutes thanking the faithful hmm. for their prayers. Prayerful for their man. Prayerful oh, man. Su- such a prayerful man.
0: Is there and a recording by chance?
2: I saw it on YouTube, but I think it's also, um, it was on Catholic Answers. They had it.
0: Oh, know, excellent.
2: Yeah. And then um, one of the things that stuck out in my mind was that his future focus is really going to be on the Shrine, and he's going to be... They haven't built the retreat center yet. They've been raising funds for it. And he really wants to focus on getting that completed. And um, his mission, I, I felt like his his vigor, his inspiration for his purpose in life was to really move forward on the mission for pilgrims coming to the Shrine and the Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and all through the pierced Sacred Heart of Jesus was the other thing that I picked up on. Mm. Um, he has a devotion to the Sacred Hearts He's but got devotion on devotion. Yeah, he does. But specifically the pierced heart. And then um, did you have, did you pick up some other things with him?
1: Yeah, so uh, the little story that I saw said that he had been, um, that what he said after he regained consciousness after spending nine days on a ventilator in critical condition, that's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Um He said he was filled with the knowledge that Our Lady of Guadalupe had been constantly holding him. And then here's his quote. Clearly, if our Lord has kept me in life, he desires me to be ever more faithful, generous, and pure in working with him for the salvation of souls. Yeah, that's... So that's beautiful.
0: We got to hold it right there here because uh, we're happy to tell all our listeners we got the clocks working correctly. We, We called a plumber... Yeah, got got the clock because we got a lot of feedback last week how much they love the show and would somebody please fix the clock? So <laughs> this is the end of segment one of episode twenty one here at the chatter. We got more coming back with headlines. We've got catechism going on. We've got to, and we've got to pray the uh, COVID. We still got uh, the third reading of COVID coming up on the chatter on FM ninety eight point three KCRD. Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby. We're back. This is FM ninety eight point three KCRD, and you're listening to the chatter with Colleen and with Janet. And um, we still got a couple of headlines out there that deserve to be talked about. I think.
1: Yeah, you've got one right there, Tom. We want to do that one.
0: Well, this one I thought, thought was very interesting. It's out of the Catholic Register, and the headline is: Catholic Priest Survey Finds Lower Morale and a Shift a Conservative. Shift among clergy. And the subheadline uh, says After the permissive cohorts, there's a steady move toward conservative views with each consecutive cohort. Catholic priests ordained since 2000 tend to be the most conservative. Uh, the author Vermeulen, uh writes on this one. And I have to uh, agree with that. As I've seen young priests in the last uh, five or ten years, um, they they would, uh, I, I guess I'd agree with the conservative shift. I don't know about uh, lower morale. I know a couple of guys that are uh, way amped up and ready to go. If there's any morale issue with them, I think it's uh, that the... Uh, conservative shift perhaps has labeled them among their peers, their older peers as uh, being conservative I guess Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting the uh, the report compromised 54 questions posed to a thousand plus priests and and this uh, this is the same survey that was conducted I think in the year 2000 they use the same question. So they had a baseline and they're coming back. But uh, I guess we'd throw that out. Uh, Colleen, what, what you, what's your sense with the last 20 years in the priesthood with respect to morale and conservatism and, and the new recruits of seminaries and the great, great priests?
1: Hey, you know, I can't really speak to morale. I think that would, um, I think we'd have to hear from the priests themselves. You know, I think it probably just varies. I know they have priest support groups and and things like that, but I can definitely vouch for the fact that the younger priests tend to have more traditional conservative uh, views, and not just politically, just uh, conservative in general, more focus on family, traditional morals, uh, values. I-, I think you can see that um, pretty clearly, which is a great thing to see. But you know, having worked in the pro-life work for so long, we always said the pro-lifers are eventually going to outnumber the pro-aborts because the pro-lifers are having kids. So I'm kind of wondering if this shift isn't also due to the fact that more traditional families had more kids um, and also encouraged vocations to the priesthood than uh, liberal-leaning families maybe didn't have any children or only one or didn't encourage vocations. So I kind of wonder if it, if, it, if we're not seeing that generation now come about.
0: That's where the uh, term spir- spiritual geldings uh came about wasn't it was it what do yeah. you see in janet you see priests all over three yeah. states
2: yeah so i i see a couple of differences i i agree with everything there um as far as speaking to the morale you know i'm not in the inner circles per se <clears throat> excuse me but of the ones that i interact with um younger most people when we say younger that that means like they just got out of seminary or they're relatively young as it relates to age. That's not necessarily the case in all circumstances because a lot of men who are late vocations um, have also been very conservative in their views, very orthodox. Um, so that's one thing that I see.
0: How do you think that's playing in the parish level?
2: I, In my own experience, I see it as being that's where the numbers of the attendance are high.
0: Colleen, what do you
2: You know, um, and I agree, Janet, because there are some
1: there, it's good attendance if the priest is more uh, traditional values, conservative preaching kind of thing. But the rub I think is when you look around the pews, you mostly see gray hairs, mostly. And I think if a priest is more traditional and conservative in his outlook, it sets up for a lot of conflict with the parishioners who might be the aging hippies
0: and how's that conflict manifest itself what's what what do you see in there
1: i have heard uh, i haven't witnessed myself but i've heard just um uh you know kind of the priest might want to do something maybe add a little more reverence or something and the parish council says no um or the priest might want to have some pro-life things and the uh social justice committee says no so i see a lot of roadblocks that that happen
2: I think one of the things to piggyback on that is that um, in a couple of the circumstances that I've seen is that um, this might come as a shock, folks, but parish council, finance council does not have control of the parish. The authority of that particular parish is on the priest. And so the priest um, works with these councils and with these committees which is a good thing
0: so what you're saying is the council is advisory that's right but not uh, um, it's not, not policy yeah, it's not policy making
2: yeah so in some of the cases where I've seen that where some of the parishes are vibrant is the priest is like thank you but this is the direction we're going anyway and the and the feedback that I see is I see so many young families with children I mean like I had to laugh Immaculate Conception we had babies and kids and I'm like oh my gosh, I, I can't even concentrate. But I was so happy because, you know, there's kids everywhere and it's awesome and it's young families and they are embracing the priest and they're embracing church teaching. So I, I think in those circumstances, it is so exciting. And, I, it's, and that's where so much of the growth is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those traditional parishes, the Latin mass community. Right. Yeah, yeah. The young families that are open to life, are having lots of kids. It's awesome to see lots of kids in church.
2: And a a big difference that I see is, you know now this is talking about the scope of the parishioners, not necessarily the priest, but they're kind of related is that some parishes have more of a mix of cafeteria Catholic types of individuals. And I know like some of the Latin Mass and more traditional um, parishes we're all in Catholic. Even if we don't understand the truth uh, we've gone down that rabbit hole, so we're choosing Catholic all the way because we already know that's that's what we need to.
0: How long are we going to tolerate that mindset of cathet- cafeteria Catholicism? It's going to take until f- they die. In fifteen fifteen, it was called Protestantism.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tom, what's your take on this article about morale and uh, the younger priests?
0: I think it's you know from from the priests that I can see here. I think that they're. Uh, there's a um, s- some nomenclature, and I, I, I don't mean to say that I know anything. I, I'm just piecing together here that there's uh, a group of priests that might be called uh, boomers or the Vatican II priests who have served us so faithfully well that there are a lot of priests in a younger generation that are... are um, categorized a lot of times as John Paul the Second priest. A lot of priests in that. And I was just trying to think, how old is a priest if he goes through college, minor seminary and major seminary? He's not quite 30 by ordination.
1: I think a typical ordination age is 26. 26
0: mm-hmm. or 26 to 28. Yeah. Janet, you point out that there's a lot of priests in here in the Midwest and the tri-states that are we call it late vocations, but they're ordained in their 30s. Uh, I know uh, there's been some Army and Naval officers, some uh, right. salespeople, some CEOs who have just, you know, and you hear their story and say, I left a lot of money on the table. We're talking six-figure jobs, hundred, two dollars 200000 jobs to serve the Lord. And, th- and they're out here, and they're very... Uh, Convincing because they're convicted. They're convicted in Christ. I think sometimes there is a uh, a difference in, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on justice and love, but in the same time, uh, coincidentally, you know, it was John Paul II who uh, canonized, yes, uh, our Divine Mercy, uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
2: um, mm -hmm.
0: what's her name? Faustina. 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 You know, so there's this great resurgence of of uh, divine mercy. And there's that feast day that has always been a feast day, the Sunday after, the first Sunday of, of uh, Easter, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. And I've heard several priests say, well, it's always been Divine Mercy Sunday, and we have this here, but yet there's... More details to the devotion of the chaplet and the confession, and and what's going on in John Paul did that. You know, so there's there's an emphasis here on on um, on mercy and devotion and reverence, and sometimes that is absent. And in in uh, a generation of priests who have just said, "Hey," uh, you might characterize it in the pejorative sense of all are welcome, and we've got some felt banners and, and things like that. Yet that's not bringing people into the church. And it's not mass attendance that's important. Mass attendance is the manifestation.
2: Right, it's the fruit.
0: It's the fruit. It's do I know my faith because I can't live my faith if I don't know my faith. Mm-hmm. And... um so that's what I'm seeing, and if that's if that's conservative, I hate the political labels, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, one thing I'd ask you both is one of the keys to maybe this i mean I don't want to say that we're divided between the younger vocation priest versus the older. I don't want to say that at all, but it it does seem it does appear to be that way, but one of the key concepts, and I want your guys' opinion on this is where adoration comes into play. When parishes do adoration, and when priests are open to that,
0: you know, I just got that book from a very dear friend, a priest, we all know, but I don't want to embarrass him. He sent me a book, in Sino Yesu. Oh, Do I say that book. correct?
1: Beautiful book. Yes.
0: And I'm going through it. I take it to adoration, but I'm still trying to figure it out. It's, it's a diary of a priest who is hearing Christ speak to him. Is that? That's basically it.
1: That's basically it. And so the best place to read that book is in the chapel because it's he's in adoration and he, you know, is writing down what he believes Christ is saying to him, and it's powerful. So and it's I, all part of the prayer. So that he's I, book,
0: I bookmarked that piece that you're now talking about here, Janet, about adoration because there's some passing. I hope I didn't pull the bookmark out, but he, Christ is talking to this priest saying. And now that you've finished, I'm paraphrasing, now that you've finished Mass, sit down here with me for a while in adoration. Now think about that. And what are we doing to our priests? You know, they, they, you talk about meetings and parish councils, and they're running, and we know they're short-staffed, or whatever. But it seems to me, after beginning to read this book, that it's reinforced that a priest needs to, one, pray Mass reverently daily, even on your day off but then two, in addition to praying the prayers of the, of the uh, church, the divine office, which every ordained man is supposed to do, but three, are you just not doing nothing for a while and sitting in front of the blessed sacrament?
2: You know, and just keeping company with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he looks at me, and I look at him.
1: Yep. I think you are asking a great question, Janet, because I think there is something to that. You know, when I was growing up, I don't don't remember adoration. And I think Neither. maybe the priests that, and I'm, I believe, 50s, but I think some of those priests that maybe are a little bit older than I am, you know, maybe they didn't have the adoration. But I think some of the younger priests have been formed by adoration since it's made a comeback um, with John Paul too. You know, he really stressed adoration. So I think that's a great question to ask. I think adoration does play a part in um, the... Um, priest leaning toward a more traditional, um, conservative viewpoint of things. Um, you know, Fulton Sheen, that guy was busy,
2: right? Made a holy hour every, every day. single day, a holy mm-hmm.
1: hour, every single
2: day. Even when he was traveling, he would look yes. up where there was adoration or a place that he could get in so that he could spend that hour in adoration. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a great point to bring up. I talked to a priest one time, it's been a few years ago, but I really respected him for this. And he had just made a new change from one parish going into a new parish assignment. And I said, so what are your goals? What do you plan on doing here? Or what? What's just trying to make conversation? And he said, all I need to do is instill and teach about adoration. And he said, everything else will come. That's beautiful.
0: Hey, we got about... Uh... Three or four minutes left here. And uh, speaking of prayer and priests, we got to do a prayer now. Those of you who have been regular listeners, and I know it's growing out there, we're getting texts and phone calls and volunteers to fix our time clock and all of that <laughs> stuff going on here. But if you've been listening, we've been reading the, the uh, deliverance prayer from Father Greg Bramlage, who's coming back to Iowa again um, uh, right before Lent in uh, 2021 but there's renouncing COVID and COVID 19 we've read it twice now and if you've got his book and his prayers it says pray this time uh, pray this prayer three times this is our third time we're going to go through this here in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen in the name of jesus christ i renounce coronavirus the fear of coronavirus all symptoms of coughing congestion runny nose Chills, sore throat, headache, diarrhea, pneumonia, body aches, chest and muscle pain, fever, nausea, loss of taste. Boy, I've lost all of that. Loss of taste, loss of smell, shortness of breath, breathing difficulty, fatigue, tiredness, and confusion.
2: In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce sickness, infirmity, disease, pandemics, outbreaks, plagues, contagion ailment, disorder, affliction, frailty, weakness, disability, impairment, immobility, pain, and torment.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce isolation, loneliness, abandonment, depression, despair, despondency, discouragement, defeatism, negativism, dejection, hopelessness, morbidness, heaviness, gloom, burden, disgust, fatigue, tiredness, weariness, sleepiness, exhaustion, laziness, and lethargy.
0: In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce fear, worry, anxiety, dread, apprehension, perfectionism, control, scrupulosity, paranoia, suspicion, distrust, persecution, nervousness, tension, headaches, migraines, nail-biting, restlessness, and insomnia.
2: In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce impatience, annoyance, restlessness, agitation, frustration, irritability, intolerance, exasperation, anger, blame, aggression, temper, criticism, verbal abuse, physical abuse, and
1: sexual and emotional abuse. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce grief, sorrow, misery, loss, mourning, lamentation, anguish, agony, crying, sadness, heartache, heartbreak, guilt, shame, remorse, regret, loathing, unworthiness, embarrassment, self reproach, death destruction, loss, poisoning, accident-prone, suicide, euthanasia, and mercy-killing. In the name name of Jesus Jesus Christ, Christ, I I break break the power power of everything everything I have have renounced. I I command it it to leave me
2: now and and go straight to the foot foot of the cross for Jesus Christ to do with as he will. Amen. Amen.
0: Let's keep in mind all of the healthcare workers, some reports saying that the hospitals are getting full, a lot of people uh, not feeling well, everything from uh, COVID to uh, corona to pneumonia, bronchitis, a uh, lot of folks out there. Jesus Christ, we beg you in your divine mercy to bless Dubuque land and wherever this radio signal is going. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll be back for segment three of The Chatter right after this. We are back in the KCRD-FM studios. I'm Tom Oglesby. This is The Chatter.
2: And I'm Janet Wigner. And I'm Colleen Pasnick.
0: You need to introduce yourself twice. We're getting a lot of calls saying, We know it's Colleen. Who's the other woman?
1: Who's Janet? Everybody asks me. What? Who's Janet?
2: I'm just a daughter of God, people. Been a Dubuquer since 2013. what? 13? Is that when it was? For the second time. Seems like, second yeah. time. Seems like forever. Just yesterday. <laughs> Wow.
0: So anyway, this is Janet, who uh, often gets overlooked because everybody knows Colleen.
1: Well, and everybody knows Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: now everybody knows Janet.
0: Yes. We wouldn't be the chatter without you.
2: We wouldn't. Well, it's been a special gift to sit with two Dubuquers and do this show.
0: So. We're going through the headlines, and uh, we, we tried to bury this one, but it's coming up here. On get, Lay that one on us up in the United Nations.
2: All right. This one kind of took me by surprise, but the headline is, the United Nations has placed a giant statue in New York that resembles an end-of-times beast from the New Testament book of Revelation. And I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it's looks like a tiger's face with angel wings and claws and... A Mexican artist did it, and apparently they figure that we need to have pagan statues in New York. So, yeah, you know, you kind of
1: kind of ask, "What the heck is it, and why did the UN choose it?" What did you
0: call it? Chimera. A chimera,
1: chimera. is a um, a combination animal human. You know, um, what was that old mythology character that had like the oh the um... uh, the. Back end as a horse, but he has a head. Uh, uh, yeah. Centaur. Oh, good, good, Centaur,
2: good. Centaur. Right. Yeah, and they're saying that this is a fusion of jaguar and eagle, donated by the government of Oaxaca, Mexico. I'm not sure if I'm but saying that, that, right. that. What the,
1: does that have to do with the United Nations? I, I don't. I don't get it.
0: All of the gods of the pagans are demons. That, that's that's I'm sticking with that.
2: that yeah, that's the simplest.
1: Right, I mean, it's just uh, you have to go. Why that character? Why that image? Why? What is it?
2: But doesn't it make so much sense, though? I mean, look at what the UN has done. Are they of heaven or are they of the world? Mm. They're of the world. So mm. now we have a pagan statue right out front. So it's, yeah, it's just out there, and and it's called peace and safety. Oh, but. The- well, that the real question
0: is, are we going to put a saddle on it and have Paca Mama ride it out of town? Ooh, good question. That,
2: I, anymore, if I were to see that, I would not be surprised at all.
0: Yeah. All right. We've given three minutes on this UN here. I say we we get off. We, they've got more attention than they deserve. They yeah. did. It's shameful. We, we uh, have been... Did you have another?
1: <gasps> a little closer to home. Oh, we
0: didn't do the... Uh... We have to
1: talk about the cross.
0: How did we forget? I thought we did that last. No. What cross? You do it. It was out in your backyard. It
1: was in my backyard. So there is a cross. um, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with the cross south of town. It's right where the old St. Bernard Seminary was um, by the Key West Cemetery on that hill. And it's uh, a beautifully lit bluish, tealish green color. And um, we could see it out our front window growing up. And I love to look at that cross. And if you were coming in from the airport, man, when you saw that cross, you knew you were close to, to Dubuque. And actually, if you come in by Menards, you can still see that cross from Highway 20.
0: So it's awesome. It's um, just to get your bearings. It's on Military Road mm-hmm. and it's just west of the cemetery Yes, at St. Joseph, which yes. is Mount Olivet?
1: Uh, yes, maybe. Did Calvary. I right? Calvary, I think no, it's Mount
0: Calvary. No, no, Cal- Mount Calvary's up at Xavier, it? right?
1: It's the Key West Cemetery. Right, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's Mount Sal. Okay. Subject to correction later on here. So if you uh, head west on Military Road, not far, a mile?
1: Yeah, not even yet. It's
0: just there. And for years it was seen. Yes. Now, a few things have happened over time. The trees have matured and grown, and they're beginning to cover the beautiful cross. Mm-hmm. And the lights, like anything, need maintenance and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, what's the what's the update here? Twenty twenty two.
1: So they want to put new lights in the LED lights that uh, that will you know get longer uh, shelf life or whatever you call it. But they're also going to raise it. They're going to raise
2: it to be sixty two feet taller.
0: Get a get a high... sixty
2: two feet taller. As in, how tall is it now?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i um, scanning an article. Oh, let's see. Um, it says uh, Tim McCaffrey, our good friend Tim McCaffrey, mm-hmm. down at Knights of Columbus 510 building, um, said plans call for the construction of a 10-foot by 10-foot bunker. So that to me sounds like a big concrete square under the cross and then the addition of a 52-foot midsection. So they're going to add 52 feet to the middle of the cross Increasing the total height to one hundred and twenty-five feet. Wow! Now,
0: now they needed clearance from the Federal Aviation. Got it. Administration. They
2: got it. Praise that, God.
0: That gets it up above the treetops. Yep. And and those trees have been growing here for while, So they they've got to yeah. be fairly mature. But this is this is huge because. You can see it not only from Dubuque as you look south if you're up at Menards, but you said you should be able to see it from the highway, right?
1: Highway 20, you can see it. Of course, Highway 151, 151. 61, they're all right there. But, um, yeah, so this is this is exciting. And they had a, um, a dinner, a fundraiser dinner last Saturday, and it's going to cost like a quarter million dollars. It's not going to be cheap. But what a way to evangelize. You got that, Isn't right. that awesome? So anybody that wants to donate to the cross, to getting the cross um, built higher and lit up, uh, call down to the, I think it's called the Joliet Event Center now.
0: Yeah, what's that number? I got it. It's uh, 588-2011. Area
1: code
0: 563-588-2011. Uh, 781 Locust Street?
1: Yep, it's a... Uh,
0: Knights of Columbus. It's the Joliet Hall, right? Yeah, it's
1: the old Columbus Knights of Columbus building down there. And, uh, you know, this is just really kind of a point of pride for Dubuquers. Kind of like, okay, Paris maybe has the Eiffel Tower, but we've got the cross south of Dubuque.
0: Yeah, this is going to be huge.
1: Dubuquers wonder- take a lot of pride in it.
2: What was the color of the lights that they had it lit up before? It was a bluish-greenish.
0: Yeah, bluish, aqua, turquoise. Teal, yeah. yeah.
2: Are they going to... I missed the part that you said. Not quite
0: a chartreuse.
2: Yeah. What color are they going to do now? Or do they know? Or do we know?
0: Well, for $10,000, you can probably get naming rights on the color here, Janet. Yeah.
1: It says... uh, It doesn't say, but it says uh, the, the blue neon lights were what was on there, and it just says today the lights are in need of repair. So it doesn't say what color they will be, but yeah. So all you dubuque love that cross, I know.
0: So we'll have more on this as we get updates from Mr. McCaffrey and the Knights of Columbus, and I'm sure that'll go on. But a quarter million dollars go quick.
1: Yeah, but Dubuque is a very generous... You got that right. ...very generous community, and I bet they can get it raised. I'm not going to say by the end of the year, but... Think about you know if you already have everything you need for Christmas and you don't want any more gifts, why don't you have uh, whoever wants to give you a gift? Why don't you have them make a donation down there? Right, that's a like good that idea.
0: idea. Uh, McCaffrey said uh, hopes to have the quarter million dollar project completed by the summer of two thousand twenty two. Um, But he says we need to fundraise. Surprise there. So, Colleen, your point, you're right on. Boy,
1: wouldn't it be great? He wants it done by summer. Wouldn't it be great if he had that all by the end of the year? That Mm -hmm. would be great. Challenge. All you Catholics out there, challenge.
0: (laughs) Yep. Write a check. That's awesome. Help us out.
1: So, speaking of symbols, and we talked about the UN statue, and we talked about the cross here. I've got a little quiz for you guys.
0: This is the catechism oh my Colleen decided we needed to do more catechism and uh, of course she's got all of the books here so and
2: she's she's also got all the answers
0: yeah so can
2: I sound like a kid from second grade <laughs>
0: will this be on the final exam it will be yeah.
2: is it was this in the syllabus
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you got
1: so I've got a question for you during Advent the total season of Advent, how many total candles are lit? Four. See, I knew you guys would get these questions. Okay, what are their colors and in what order?
2: I'm, I'm good with. I can take that go, unless go, you want go. to. Okay.
0: Because I'll disagree.
2: So purple, purple, rose, <laughs> and purple. So why the rose? Joy, gaudete, Sunday,
1: rejoice,
2: rejoice, yes. rejoice. <laughs>
0: And I was just reading something on this. There's a difference between purple and violet. But we'll save that for another week. Okay. Very probably good. not so much with candles.
1: Okay. So uh, let's see here. What else do I have here? About Christmas symbols? Um. Boy, there's so much to choose from.
0: Just fire. Just dumb ready. it
2: down for us,
1: please. <laughs> Okay, so what prophet do we hear a lot from in the season of Advent?
0: Well, Isaiah is predominant. Ding ding yeah. ding. Yeah, Isaiah is predominant, but Boy. not without Baruch and and uh, Daniel, Z- Zephaniah. Wow. Yeah,
1: I'm impressed.
0: I love Zeph. You love Zeph? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you go way back. Yeah. You and Zeph. <laughs> okay, so. Hmm. I think I'll make one up instead of reading it out of the book. So Christ was born in a manger. What's a manger? Feeding trough. Yep. So what's the significance? Why? Why do they waste papyrus scroll to write manger in there? What's the significance of that?
0: Well, I think the uh, the thought process here is that. Uh, A manger is a storage bin, a feeding trough for animals, the ox, perhaps, in the item here. And Christ is the uh, bread of life. And uh, he gets born into this world, and uh, they lay him in the manger that we might partake and eat of his, if we go all the way to uh, John 6.
2: Boy, you guys are good. You're pretty sharp. She's going to try and stump us, Tom. I just feel it.
0: I'm going for the car.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
1: Okay, so why the importance of Midnight Mass?
2: Well, because Jesus was born at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold.
1: Well, that's a pretty good reason to have Midnight Mass.
0: Yeah. Secondarily... Not as important as his his birth, Janet, but secondarily, the uh, midnight mass—not on Christmas, but on any given Sunday—was the uh, fast for the Eucharist. Was from midnight on, right? And for those with insomnia, and for uh, not wanting to do that, you just uh, you know go to midnight mass and you had a short short fast,
1: short fast, so you could receive, yeah. Very good. On a little bit lighter of a note, what does the candy cane represent?
2: The shepherd's crook. Very
1: good. Wow. She pulled that out, didn't she? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. The shepherd's crook. Very good. So the shepherds were watching their sheep by night. Yes. And then what happened?
0: Angels angels we have heard on high. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Can you imagine, though? I mean, the shepherds are the... um... The lower class of society, right?
1: Oh, my gosh, they are.
0: You know?
2: Well, I mean, they would be. They're out in the field. They don't somewhere, shower. Somewhere
0: near, near gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Mm-hmm. They're out here doing it. The angels appear to them. They go to the uh, the cave, the, wherever they're at, to mm-hmm. the manger. They mm-hmm. see these here. Now they're tasked with go announce the good news to Bethlehem. So you got a bunch of guys coming out after midnight, after the angels, and they go into town to tell everybody, Hey, he's here. Guess what we saw? <laughs> and who's gonna believe the shepherds?
1: Right? They probably said the same thing they said in Acts. Those folks are drunk.
0: Yes, exactly. What
1: are you listening to? <clears throat> okay, I,
2: you know, we always have um crash you mm-hmm. know, the crib scene is called the Crash and we set that up. And I get a kick out of the uh, stable is a wood structure mm-hmm. when actually Jesus was born in a cave. There you go. Mm-hmm. The other thing is is we have a Christmas tree that is of pine or spruce or whatever, but predominantly the tree in Bethlehem would have been a palm tree. Hmm. And um, It's as hard of... to
0: climb all the way up there, though, mm-hmm. and put the, the lights on it, you know. Isn't the the uh, Germans, the, they're responsible for the.
2: They're responsible uh, for you know,
0: the. You bomb. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: St. Boniface cutting yeah. the tree down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Germans. So, last question. This could be a tricky one, but I have confidence in you guys. <laughs> so, which came first, the shepherds or the magi?
2: Well, that's an oh, easy, that's one. easy one. Oh, yeah. come on!
1: Yeah. Well, who? Huh?
2: The shepherds.
0: Shepherds, yeah. Why? Because the Magi were waiting for Uber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. You know, the Magi brought gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Gold And one of the things, I was watching an old episode of Mother Angelica the other night, and she said, you know, everybody wants gifts, and they always get caught up on what am I going to get for so-and-so for Christmas this year? and What am I going to receive from somebody this year? And she just really put it out there and said, how about this year you focus on what kind of gifts you're going to give Jesus? Hmm. How about go to confession since you haven't been there in 30 years? <laughs> I love this woman.
1: Yeah, she
2: tells it like it is. She tells it like it is.
0: I got, I got an idea here because we, we got about a minute left here before we wrap this up. And this is going to air on the uh, fourth Sunday of Advent, Colleen. Mm-hmm. And we get, what, a full week, Janet? Nearly a full week. Christmas is on a Saturday. Right. So we're going to get to Christmas. It's gift-giving and it's New Year's resolutions and all of that. And how about we think in terms of not what we're going to give and what we're going to get, but what we're going to div- divest ourselves from. What are we going to... Not just fast from, but perhaps get rid of and eliminate from our life. Hmm. And I think not just one thing, but what are we going to get rid of emotionally? And what are we going to get rid of temporally? Hmm. Uh, I was thinking here, uh, somebody the other day had an iPhone and they said, oh my... Screen time is down 30 minutes from last week, you know. Think about that. So, you know, the comment was, well, how much was your screen time? And it was, you know, I don't know, 17, 20 hours or something like that in a week. Did you give Christ 20 hours? Should you have an app that says, should you have an app that says, your Christ time was up 30 minutes this week?
1: Hmm.
2: Mm.
0: What can you do without, temporally, emotionally? What's, what baggage can you check at the door? How can you be nicer to your wife, to your, to your children, to your co-worker? What can you, what can you uh, check at the door? What bags can you leave there? What screen time can you increase with Christ? And, and uh, what can you do? You can't change the world, but you can change Dubuque.
1: Very good. Excellent. And just to add to that, maybe spend a little time in adoration.
0: Got to love that idea. Speaking of that, both chapels, Melissa and um, help me over in East of Janet. Uh,
2: St. Joseph's Chapel.
0: St. Joseph's. Thank you. They need adoration. Uh, Adores. Adores are, are down. Uh, The other survey that we didn't talk about is mass attendance is down 50% from 2019. This is Christmas, folks. Strap it on. Get to church.
1: One week left. Let's finish Advent strong.
0: Let's finish with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Glory be to the the
1: Father, and to the 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 Son, Son and to the Holy Spirit, 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 as as it was in in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now and ever ever shall be. be. world World without end. end. Amen.
0: Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Get to Adoration Chapel.